Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fear the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 266. This is Russ, and back with me are Aaron Newworth. Hey, hey. Richard Chubchold Sheldon. Yo. And Jim Dietz. That's some of the ugliest mustard I've ever had to cut. <laughs> Daryl is on sabbatical this week. <laughs> yeah. Sure. To Dreamland for Sabbat- nappy time. Sabbatical. Hashtag, it's, it's all part of our, our hashtag we're trying to get going on. Nothing's on. Hashtag old man summer. <laughs> yes. A lot of naps, a lot of sipping lemonade. <laughs> I'm surprised that hasn't been a hashtag on your podcast already. <laughs> it has. We've been running with that all month, actually. So. I mean, I'm surprised it hasn't been that for years. <laughs> yeah, well, old man summer, in effect. So, yeah, so that's where we're at. Uh, so, before we get into it, a little bit of news. I think uh, there's some stuff on the, the new show, the as-yet-untitled, still-untitled new show. Uh, coming out, more casting announcements, some behind-the-scenes announcements. We've seen some set photos of, of a crash plane on a street somewhere. Um, I think, I think Aaron, you had some some uh, stuff yeah. to, to mention. Yeah, they, I think, like, before we left, like, they announced that they were going to, like, play, what, like, a little teaser or something for the series, like, uh, the week after the the break that we had, and they did, and it was like, all right, that's <laughs> a series of images of the cast, but, like, yeah, you've confirm some cast members here I, I, we already had like some of them but like i think um what's her name annette mahendru and alia royale annette mahendru she was on the americans which yes. is a show that i know at least a number of us really enjoyed um so yeah she's joining the cast along with this is a leo royale person and so you have that you got like some production art or whatnot in that uh little like teaser for untitled walking dead spinoff uh which i hope is the title they stick with and you know, um production art was like it was really cool but very vague yeah for sure <laughs> like it's so it seems like it's certainly in kind of early stages i mean they don't have a name but i mean they got a cast and they're doing stuff so there you go and then uh the director for the pilot announces jordan vacht roberts uh he directed um among other things kong skull island which i was a big fan of uh well, he certainly too. he certainly fits movie. in the he certainly fits in the genre world and he's a big video game obsessive like he wants to do i Metal very Gear much Song. loved that movie so I mean, you, you only, I can only say so much about the director's stamp on these, you know, TV episodes. But at the same time, I am a fan of his, so it's like good for him. Yeah, it's directing the pilot. So yeah, that's that's what's going on with the spinoff. I guess produ- production's said to have begun already, so you know they're filming. Sweet. They also uh, mentioned that uh, Nico Tortella was the star of the new series. He's like the only one they've mentioned that wasn't a child actor. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, for, it's from the TV show Younger. Um, that's the only place I've ever seen them. So. Yeah, if you want to see pictures of like some, some nice set photos from the, the unnamed Walking Dead spinoff show, then <laughs> head over to the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook page 
our buddy Mike Jones posted some interesting photos. It almost looks like Fallout the movie. I mean, there are a couple of those uh, frames that just very much look like the video game Fallout to me. Uh, a little more wrecked in some of the areas we've seen before in the show. That makes so. me wonder when will we have Fallout the movie, because you know it's going to happen someday. Uh, hopefully not for a while. I mean, it's going to suck. I'm calling it now, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, no, it's totally going to suck. Yeah, it's like, I, yeah. It's like they, they've talked about doing a Bioshock movie for how long, you know? True. I mean, yeah. it, it well, was going to... Gorbunsky was going to do it, I think. Like, when there was a Gore Verbinski R-rated $250 million movie, I was like, yeah, that'll probably be good. But no one's going to greenlight a $250 million R-rated video game movie, so that's not going to yeah. happen. So whatever Maple does happen... presents Yeah, Fallout. exactly. Whatever does happen will suck. <laughs> so <it's> like... <laughs> uh, one of the actors from uh, the, the uh, parent show, Walking Dead, uh, uh, passed away. He's also a, a former firefighter uh, after a long battle of cancer. Uh, uh, Dango Nguyen... Uh, was one of the guards of the governor in the town of Woodbury uh, on the on the uh, the original on Parent Show. He's also been on Banshee and the Red Road. Oh wow! Um, oh, but before that, he was a twenty year uh, firefighter at the Athens Clark Fire Department. So just wanted to mention that. Yeah, his wife and his family and the fire department are starting a fund in his honor. So if you want to look oh, that's that great. up, that's cool. Wanted to mention it. I'm sorry to bring it down, man. But you no, know, that's all right. No, that's right. Gotta have respect. Yeah, no, for well, sure. Well, that was sure. Aaron's favorite season there with the governor. So. <laughs> Actually, those episodes where the governor was out on its own and they're trying to redeem him, I know. Yeah, those are posters I have plastered all over my room. Just him and the beard. Yeah, <laughs> and the beard. All right. So, should we get into it? Well, let's. Well, yeah, start the cameras. <laughs> the cameras are well, rolling. Live from Channel Four. Season 5, Episode 9, Channel 4. So this episode was not exactly like I thought it was going to be. I I don't know why I got the impression that this episode was going to be random stories from people that that Al had come across over time. Like, I don't I don't I don't know where I got that impression from, but. I, I couldn't take it from the very first time that, you know, and, and we saw Morgan put Alicia's stapler in jello. And then. Uh, <laughs> this was The Office, Walking Dead. Walking Dead, The Office. That's what this was. It was a weird podcast because Toad's making me laugh. <laughs> I mean, I just, think about it. <laughs> you're making me laugh. <laughs> I didn't see that <laughs> A lot of this episode seemed to me like they're trying to get people up to speed who really haven't been watching the show. Yeah. Right. Like there's a ton of exposition about where everybody was and what they're doing and you know, let's help people and you know, hey, you know, just keep telling you know, let's let's drive home this motto, you know, help who you can, help how you can, you know. I, be, it just seemed like they're driving home all these points well, that if you've been I, watching the show, you already you would knew. Know. Yeah. I, I I will add that I mean, for one thing. Not everyone does watch this show, and I think the word of mouth about what the show has become has maybe helped it out. At the same time, I don't know about you guys, and I know about some of the listeners just based off the Toby ratings, but I like this approach and I like this episode mainly because of the style they chose to handle that kind of catch-upness with. I mean, there's a way to do that where... Yeah, it just feels like you're being bogged right. down with things you already know. Well, but because of the but because of the format, I think there's a sense of immediacy that I really connected with. I I was into how they chose to present 
you know, a kind of summation of what we've done so far and what we're doing now. I like that it was half like, look at the message we're trying to send and half Morgan, like a, we're all someone's in trouble type of thing that, that kind of goes into the climax of the episode. Right. Well, it, it brings up questions and, and some statements in my mind. And, and one is every season of every television show is going to have a bottle episode here and there but not necessarily the mid-season premiere episode. This isn't a bottle episode. Though. Oh, it I mean, is totally a bottle episode. It's they're not. using, like, the same three sets. No. Yes. They're not using the same three sets. I, 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 yeah, I disagree. <laughs> if anything, it's probably episode. it's probably more complicated than most of their episodes just because yeah. of the use the of the handicap. And the next statement I have is I am fine with the found footage type style, the that whole interview thing. That's great. Again, I, I don't like it for the mid-season premiere, even though it doesn't feel like a mid-season premiere since it's only been a couple of weeks. But still, um, and then on top of that, the entire hour, I don't know. It just it really, really bummed me out. There was some great stuff with the characters and connecting the dots, but like we just said, most of those dots were fine for us. And we don't need a YouTube cram it video. <laughs> For our first episode back to start the back half of the season, I, didn't, I, I, I mean, I, 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 I guess I don't, I, I don't understand what like given. I, I guess I don't put significance on the fact that it's the premiere episode for a half season mark that was only a two week break. I mean, we right. it's, it's not uncommon for regular full television seasons to have two to three week breaks for sometimes apparently no reason. So. I, I guess I just don't put any. To me, it's episode nine. Like I don't. I. I, I, I guess I, I don't think they need to do anything special for episode nine than they did for episode eight or episode three. Like even I, then, I, even then, though it does, don't. it does feel like it's you know it's just starting a new like arc for the season, regardless of if there was a break or not a break. I mean, it is there is a time jump. There is a a, a kind of a new status quo of what's going on because things are well, completely different from where the season started. That's the whole started. other thing. Again, you got Matt Frower and you're and you're 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 wasting him. We had a whole it's really, it's clearly set him up. Like he has, he has a juicy segment no. at the end of this episode. He's clearly like the big bad for the rest of this season. But like he's not wasting month, him. This month or two between the the time jump and everything. There would have been some very interesting stories around the whole thing, them leaving him, you know, Logan running, you know, uh, Logan's running. You don't know that, though. But it could have just still, been terrible stories that you complain about because of how bad they are. It could be it could be any of those things. I mean, they I chose to make it this way. You write your own fan fiction of the, of the gap in between them. I mean, what do you want? Yeah, I can't, I can't fault them for not telling the story that – I mean, I, you can, but I choose not. I, I'm not faulting them for the story they didn't tell. I mean – it's not so much that. I just felt that there was a lot of things glossed over. That, Like, where were the kids? We spent that whole first half of the season. Please tell the me. Did, there are kids there. She, she mentioned that Wendell was, she's like, that was whole bit. I'm just saying, if they newt these kids, I'm going to be upset. No, I, we'll get to it. But, I mean, there's, there, it's clear that, that they mentioned exactly what's going on with the kids. Uh, what I was trying to say before was it was a bit of an info, it was a bit of an like an expository info dump, but I did like the found footage style in which they did it, mm-hmm. and I at least you know somebody were to tell me oh is this show worth watching I'd say yeah go ahead and start from this episode. I, but, I uh, agree. Yeah. You know I'd be like go ahead and grab this because they recap a lot of stuff they reiterate a lot of stuff we already knew, but as I watch the episodes you know every week as they come out it was a bit of redundancy for me. It didn't kill the episode. 
I personally, I like the Morgan and the Minefield stuff. That was fun for me. It's yeah, that was about the only good part of this episode. Yeah, uh, and and that and that, but and the whole, you know, it's fine. The recap thing is fine for me. It didn't, like I said, didn't ruin the episode. I enjoyed the found footage aspect of it. It kind of kind of sugarcoated the exposition part of it for me. But you know, it wasn't it wasn't by any means a bad episode. But it was just kind of like, okay, let's reiterate the status quo. We'll have this other story here with Morgan, and then we'll move on. I did, and I disagree with you, Chubb. I really like what they're doing, Matt Fur, um, especially the, like Aaron said, the end of this episode. He had a really nice, um, you know, nice, nice ending, you know, cliffhanger type situation there. So. I guess we should just get in because I like well, have so many yeah. things I want to say. <laughs> We're going to keep yes, like, getting yes, into the yeah. major points of the episode. Yeah. All right, so let's start at the beginning. So this is mainly, I would say, as far as the the, the documentary style to it, I, I guess it's more Morgan's story than it is anybody else's. I mean, everybody has their turn in front of the camera, but Morgan has more, I think, than than the others. Like, whenever they're kind of going through the, the A-plot of the story, mm-hmm. they cut back to Morgan more frequently for him to kind of espouse on on how he feels and and his reactions. And I'll I'll say this. I I thought the way that Lenny James his his response and his almost level of uncomfort when the camera's on him and and Al's asking him questions and the his body language and the way he talks and 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 his movements and everything. I I just thought it was very uh, natural. Like I, I there was just something about it. I just really I was really into the, the the whole aspect, of, you know, they're trying to make it seem like it's documentary style, it's found footage style, you know, whatever you want to call it. But the way that Morgan was responding was just very uh, – it just felt like – it almost felt like there wasn't a script and she was literally kind of asking him questions and he was just kind of like reacting naturally and then responding. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean I'm sure there's – and I, I think you agree. There's a semblance of like here's what we're trying to do here. But I think they – given the style of the episode, they're giving them a lot of wiggle room to kind of talk as if they are their characters, which makes sense given the nature of this episode. When you have a lot of confessionals or whatnot, like there could be words on the page. But Lenny James knows Morgan as he's been playing him for seven, eight years, whatever. All the other characters have been playing – you know, Coleman Domingo has been playing Victor Strand for a while. And so it's seeing them kind of boiled down to their essence to kind of deliver – various versions of where their heads at or whatnot i agree with you lenny james is getting that many lenny james money for being on this episode this this episode no doubt yeah he's he's doing his job and i think i i'll just the i think what we talked about the kind of exposition heavy nature of this episode what i think makes that work for me is because you get so many of it's a testament to how much i like a majority of these characters like this is the most stranded that i've seen strand be in a while and it's just him sitting in front of a you know a truck talking to a camera like that all works for me. I think the actors all do a good job of boiling that down who they are to like points here just to express that. Later on when he like um kind of name checks uh, Jenny and Dwayne. Mm-hmm. That was like such a great callback for that character. I mean, I was just like because <gasps> I mean, he hasn't even talked about them in I mean, they didn't even mention in how long. Yeah. His original maybe. family and just going back going back to that was just like I, it was I don't know. But I agree, you know, Lenny James earned it, definitely earned his Morgan money. Yeah, he's just, <laughs> he is that good, though. Oh, hey. Oh, hey, there he is. There he is. The voice from above or below. <laughs> I'm all over. But, ah! yeah. 
Well, good well, timing, James. Daryl. We uh, we just got into the beginning of the episode here. Oh. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, but he is that good. I, he, he is just that good. Um, I think this has just made him shine. This episode is one of his. I think is one of his best. Yeah. It right. it got me it got me back to like things that because I think like we all agree that like Morgan we really liked Morgan when he kind of showed back up again am I right and then we kind of mm-hmm. soured a bit because they're using him so much to really hold on to his point of not killing versus Carol's like very pragmatic solutions to everything and it's like this is a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> it almost gotta, it almost know. felt like it's just back to being neurotic Morgan that doesn't uh, really you know he's kind of out of his head and everything else and to the now that he's kind of, of settled series. back. Yeah, now that he's kind of settled back, I I just I feel like this is the character that I want. This is this is the Morgan. This is the Morgan. Like this isn't the, the you know, the, fir- the when he first showed up, that that was still kind of like crazy Morgan. So um but yeah, every, everybody gets their turn in front of the camera. Um you know, they just kind of go through Alicia and Daniel and Grace and Strand and I I like when they get to John and he starts talking about money and he's like you know, it's just it's funny. You see all these people with their piles of money, and and you know now they they don't you know what what does that money you know do? Whether they're sitting there with their piles of money and caviar. He goes, I had caviar once. I didn't like it. Tastes like bait. <laughs> yeah, Garrett Dillahunt is a is just a a, a joy. Yeah. So like yes. all of his yeah. fun is aside to the camera and everything is. It's just like this is a treasure <laughs> we get to and have. He's, <laughs> and and he's finally getting into this this show. Where he's confident and he's almost like a leader because there's that one bit I didn't really put it in my notes, but but later on when they when they show up at the at at Tessa's place and he, he realizes he's just got his two six shooters and he's literally going to have to pick these walkers off one at a time and he gets on that radio and he's like I need you to go here I need you to do this I need you to get me some some you know uh, some ammo and and restock ASAP like he's just like he's much more confident whereas like when we first came across him and he was part of the group, he was just more quiet, a little more reserved, you know, just kind of very calming. And now it's, it's, he, he, it's almost like he's comfortable and knows his place with this group. And so I, I just, I just, and again, having Garrett Dillhunt just killing, you know, what he's trying to do with this character makes it even better. It's the well, kind I mean, of thing where he gets, he gets these moments to like shine and also just be like standing in distance and giving like headshots on these zombies where I'm like, I, 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 I don't look forward to the episode where he has to be like in trouble in some way. And it's like, oh, it's, I can't shoot all of a sudden or some nonsense. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 that's how much good that we get from him here. But I think yeah. this is when you remember that he used to be a police officer. He should have that kind of, you know, that kind of skill to be able to come in and, and take charge of a situation. So you see it now. It's, 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 he's more confident with that. And I, I think plus, I mean, June, like, really gives him confidence too and then when he first yeah. was, was introduced like he was kind of seemed like he was kind of at sea because he couldn't find her you know what yeah. i mean yeah he's yeah. lost now now that they're together they're you know it seems like that that confidence is really coming he's, through so. he's starting to feel like he was you know he's starting to feel human human you know like yeah. he was before the you gotta watch out for, you gotta watch out for that on the show though no, i was gonna say yeah. Yeah. somebody's gonna yeah. die it's a <laughs> very true um, but it, they they all mention how people saw what they were doing. They saw the plane, and then they've they've seen what they've been doing. You know that they've been communicating. They've been leaving the boxes. They've you know been kind of expanding their footprint. They've been um, lighting the and, torches of Gondor. Yes, yes. Sure. 
Um, and then then we get the cold the cold opening little intro. And I, Jim, the first thing I thought of when I saw that was like Jim must be eating this up because <laughs> it it totally had that VHS effect to it, like yeah, the warbly sound and the the little oh, bit yeah, of a blur. Yeah. It was, uh, nice. it was nice. That was that was cool. I, I, it's funny I, too because uh, we were just watching Stranger Things recently, and then <laughs> I, I turned this out like, did I, did I put the wrong thing on? Wait a minute. Oh, okay. <laughs> which which brings up a point for me, <clears throat> and that is, so it's videotape, and you know everything Al's been doing we've seen is on videotapes, and I understand they found a stash and she of fresh tapes and camera equipment and whatnot and that that's fine but when we find out that this is actually a tape that's being played um man it was well edited for an apocalypse full of not very <laughs> much to do with did they find an avid machine too or i just see i thought i see, see i thought I the opposite because it literally had like oop i gotta set the camera down because there's a walker coming up and i'm gonna leave it filming and i'm gonna walk up and i'm gonna I, smack the thing I mean, <laughs> I got that, but let's look at the Morgan stuck in the minefield. Those two cameras back and forth, cutting at just the right moments. The conversation. I'm just telling you, that's some pretty miracle editing for zombie apocalypse filmmaking. Two, on two, old- two words. Two words. Video toaster. Okay. Video toaster. <laughs> as, as someone that literally <laughs> took two VCRs in 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 the 80s and played and recorded. <laughs> And stopped yeah. and swapped tapes Guilty. and played and recorded. Guilty. Uh, mm-hmm. I have done similar things for school projects. This is yeah okay. <laughs> I'm just saying it seemed a bit far fetched for me. Yeah, I mean yeah, the purpose this, is they're making this zombie this. apocalypse show could use more realism. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that I don't find it realistic enough exactly at all. What I was so trying true. to say. Yeah. Uh, what? It, so after we come back from the cold open, one of the things they they talk about is that kind of like we just said they they found as many cameras and batteries and and film and everything they could find and that Al realizes she's shouldn't be nor is she the only one to film like they need they need more people doing it and she's fine with <laughs> with with that happening because she realizes that it's not just about her collecting stories and putting them in a box it's about the fact that they need to document what they're doing so other people understand that you know, there, there's good people in this world that not everybody's looking to just commit mass murder and and mayhem, and that you know they have they have fuel, they have food, they have you know shelter, they've you know they've got all these things. So I thought that was cool that that we're starting to see. I mean, and obviously it it worked for the episode, right? I mean, you know, one you got person an a, filming you, all this. Yeah, you got an A cam and a B cam. What I like is that the cameras are different, so you can you can see yes. the difference between the grain, yeah. the filter, whatever they're using to kind of show you diff- different angles of the same scene. Yeah, Al's, Al's camera had like the bright colors and the, yeah. the clarity, and Lucy's was more muted and kind of like a like a dull, uh, dull as color. A, as, as kind of a as somewhat of a collector of this old video equipment, I will say the deck, VCR decks are pretty that are in good shape, are pretty easy to come by. Tapes and all that, but actual like tape cameras, they're they have, you know they they haven't survived as much as you think. But again, I'm not looking for realism in my zombie show. I'm just saying the the, cam, yeah. the, the cameras that are in really good working order or whatever. But I really agree with the two different styles of the camera, like filter or whatever. That was a really good idea. Yeah. But they mentioned they picked up not only picked up all these cameras and stuff, but they picked up more trucks. So mm-hmm. you know, 
they're, they're kind of operating like a like a pretty well-oiled machine. I mean, they've they've got multiple trucks, they've got lead vehicles, they're checking roads, they're communicating with each other, they've got their separate channels. Um, Channel Four News team. Yeah, yeah. They double cross. They they were able to find the refinery, um, Tank Town, I guess is what they call it, and um, they kind of do like a little. Uh, I, I like the little bit where they talk about where Sarah talks about how she double crossed. Logan mm-hmm. and they you know they literally show him like running after the truck as they basically are like so long sucker and that made me they, laugh they drive away yeah it was kind of funny and then she's like yeah eh, we felt bad about what we did to to Cal but it, we probably basically did the same thing to Logan but yeah whatever we're helping people I thought it was an Easter egg for Logan's run uh only for no. you Chum. but she says she says that this one felt good though. Yeah, because yes. opposed to Clayton, she's like, "This felt good." Yeah. Yes. So we kind of get so that let was me, the let me because I I I I get Chubbs what you were saying earlier as far as like we didn't get to see a certain kind of storyline play out at the same time. Much like with Walking Dead, it's like I've seen like dicks on this show. Like I don't need another like I don't need a prevailing storyline that's so focused on like a guy being a jerk and like whether he's going to double cross him and then he is and he's an evil bad guy or whatnot. It's like yeah, let's right. get away from that for a bit. I'm happy seeing these you know superheroes like do hero stuff for a while. Well, and to be fair, I'm it's some of it's biased because I'm a huge Matt Fowler fan and we I just are. feel like I'm not getting enough of him. <laughs> I mean, he's yeah, coming. but you don't you, want to read it. You're going to get plenty of him. He's there at yeah. the end of the episode being all like, look how menacing I'm going to be for the next seven weeks. Like, it's, it's They're there. building it. They're building Except it. Except for I have a theory around that, but we'll get to that when we get oh, to that. That it's Matt Viewers wearing a Madison mask? <laughs> <laughs> or vice versa? Yeah. How did you know? No. It's, it turns out it's a backdoor uh, pilot for a new Max Headroom series. And exactly. He's, like a, he's a hologram. Don't you know. As filmed and edited by Al. Mm-hmm. I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you, stupid kids. I, I thought it was interesting because the way that they ended the eighth episode, it very much seemed like, okay, this is set up. This is what's going to happen. Like, we're going to have to figure out how they find the refinery and mm-hmm. all the machinations around that. And then we start episode nine. It's like, nope, already been there, done that. Like, we've got gas. We've got a truck. We've got the – we know where the, all that stuff's at. We're not going to tell anybody. I, I thought it was cool as we as we go through the episode, they make a point of calling it, you know, Tank Town. They don't – you know, they even make sure it's like, well, yeah, we're not going to tell you where the, where the refinery is. You know, it's just – it's a it's kind of a big secret, so – it's a backdoor Mad Max pilot. Oh wait, yes, Master Fewer runs Tank Town. <laughs> yes, uh, I like the bit about uh, Dwight where he, you know, Daniel being a barber wanted to cut his hair, and Dwight's like, "No, I don't want to cut my hair." And he's make him into a respectable man. Yeah, he he keeps he keeps saying like it doesn't matter what I look like or something. And then didn't Sarah say, "Oh yeah, it does." It does. <laughs> She's like just in there. It does. Yes, it does. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so I Which, that, by the way, I mean, I, I, this isn't a preacher show, but like in the next episode, the star character is like very much questioning his own vanity because he's been mutilated so many times. I just finished watching that right before we got on here. That was hilarious. <laughs> uh, can't wait to catch up. Uh, two seasons behind. Um, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Take my card away. For shame. Yeah. Um, I, I like the little Karate Kid training montage with Alicia and Morgan, you know, with the oh, staff yeah. and the. And then she saw that they, that uh, she was being taped, and she just kind of had that look on her face, like really, and then just walked off. I, just the, those little touches, I thought were were nice. Yeah, I, it was such a quiet. It was a nice quiet moment. Yeah. 
She's got to be so badass. Yeah. The, you know, the group is bigger. You know, they make a point. They show that bit where they're kind of all in like a, you know, almost like a wagon, you know, wagon trail kind of situation Mm -hmm. where they circle up and they have their little encampment. There's not a ton of people, but, but, but there's, you know, there's a considerably larger group than just the, you know, eight of them or whatever. But then June says, you know, Hey, we're, we're going to need to find a place to call home, but it's, it, we're waiting for the right place. And so again, so I thought that was cool. But then again, too, if they f- end up finding a complex or a town or whatever, then it's like, okay, now we've just become the main show, right? It's like it's about a bunch of people living in a city, you know, just just trying to fortify it and everything else. So, except I think they juxtaposed what you're talking about with the the house with the minefield that she was in there for two years and hadn't come outside and all of that. So juxtaposing those that. Side by side, it is, oh, we want to get somewhere permanent we can call home, but then she learns throughout this episode staying still is not good. Right. No, yeah. That's yeah, fair. Uh, we see I Grace. Mean, yes, I, I agree. At the same time, it's like they more just, you know, need a home. You know, they need an HQ. They need an X mansion. No, yeah. So they yeah. still, you know, do their <laughs> missions. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And then um, come home and, like, the juggernaut's blowing. And I'm like, ah, juggernaut, you did it again. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm just saying is I think they clearly sent the message that you can't be a, live in a sedentary life in this yeah. post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, on the way you make it. On the uh, way you make it. Yeah. Uh, you should. want to see a homo naked? What? On the way you make it. They... We, cut over to Grace and she's kind of feeling for lumps on her lymph nodes because obviously with all the radiation exposure and everything she's um, she's concerned uh, about about that and uh, I'll even ask her about it and she's like yeah you know I'm, I'm pretty much just wondering how much time I have left and, and it, that kind of comes back at the end of the episode I'm a bit do we do we know that she's like definitely like got radiation poise like something's going to happen to her I, I don't like know she- that it's She's very think, convinced. We know that. Yeah, I think well, it's implied I, that she doesn't know how bad it is. I think that's kind of the feeling I get is she knows she's had probably much more exposure than a normal person should have. Uh-huh. But I don't think she – I get the impression that she doesn't know if it's like, yeah, I got enough exposure that I've got like a few months to live or if I've got like five years to live kind of thing. I read I'm, the taglines for the each episode for the rest of the season earlier last week that I probably shouldn't have, and just from those taglines, yeah, she's 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 suffering. All right, I was curious if there maybe like pull like a bait and switch and like somebody else gets sick or something like that. Yeah, that I, I think the only other too. one that would have been probably Alicia, and I think yeah. they've kind of dodged that bullet. But I guess we'll see. Uh, so Morgan talks about you know what's going on, and then he says, "Well, it, he talks about this person they found named Tess." Um, and then this is where we kind of get the Tess story for for the remainder for the bulk of the episode that's left. Um, and they 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 come across somebody on the radio, um, and they they end up coming to her house, and it turns out her husband left some time ago. And then she makes a comment about like, "Yeah, I, I don't I don't know where they all are." And at first we're like, what did you – don't know where they – like, didn't she know – you didn't know quite what she's talking about. Um, and they see the walkers coming up and, uh, of course, one of the walkers gets through and steps and, you know, it steps on a landmine. Um, one of those situations. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So now we know where the don't know where they all are um, bit comes from. Then we come back to Sarah, and I, somehow I knew this was going to happen. She's driving this big rig, and of course they play uh, the song Convoy, which she is <laughs> singing with all the gusto that Sarah would uh, – that uh, that's Mo Collins as Sarah would sing. Um, and they make a point of you know saying, well, you know, her her and Wendell love their trucker music. And really it's funny they like cut to music, yeah. yeah, they cut to like Daniel and, and he's like, I don't it even is, think it it is not music. <laughs> yes, it is not music. <laughs> Ryan, and they, they your basically machine. Yeah, they cut to everybody that basically is criticizing the fact that it's like I cannot believe that we're right there, subjected to this. Right there in the late seventies. I mean that C B radio mania hit. Oh yeah, like, man. Right after the bicentennial, probably all the way to like the early eighties. Yeah, I'm waiting for the inevitable smoking the bandit uh, remake banter. Well, that's another. Yeah, that's another thing. Why I like it is that I mean we kind of got that with Leo and Brad, um, and once upon a time in Hollywood, um, is Burt Reynolds and Helen Hill. No, uh, what I, really <laughs> could get more of that. Just put them together again. Give them a car movie. Um, what I like about this episode again is it's funny. Like that's something else that just stands out for me. Yeah. Where it's like, I could use more of that in this, you know, ostensibly bleak world. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to like this episode more because it's just giving me just characters being human. And by doing that, it's just more likable that way. It gives me like a reprieve from, you know, zombie guts being chained together as they make their way out of the nuclear bomb that's going off. Yeah. And this is where Sarah says to Wendell or says like, you know, hey, this is this is how Wendell and I kind of are able to to bond with each other while he's back at the home base babysitting the kids. So again, she kind of makes a point of saying like that Wendell, I'm assuming that Wendell is with the kids at tank town. Did they explicitly say that that's, that's, they a, all, that's part of an assumption I made. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I didn't hear him say it. That's why I'm like, where are the kids? Well, I mean, we know they're with Wendell, so I don't know where else they would be. So. Yeah. They're probably out beyond Thunderdome. Yes. Yeah, in the desert. <laughs> um, so yeah, we find out Tuss, Tuss, Tess's husband went out for an inhaler for their son, and Morgan's like, "Well, is your son okay? Is he breathing? Is he is he?" Morgan? And she's like, "Yeah, he's fine." And then she's like, "No, he's yes, he's fine." No, like she she doesn't. It's like she's afraid to uh, to tell her. So you could definitely tell there, there's some. Did you guys think for a while that something hinky was going on with Tess? Like maybe, yeah. She wasn't yeah, really in minute. the house, or yep. she... I was like, is she actually in there, or is this like another Logan Trap thing? Is this like a Norman Bates kind of thing going on? Like, I just, I, I was just, I I did, I didn't, just because I'm, I'm into the earnestness of this show enough to think the idea of this episode is to show, like, what great people they are. I don't think they'd make this kind of format of episode if it was going to turn out to be something, like, horrendous. So I was just like, nah, she's probably just really scared and uncomfortable I mean, with the idea of her husband being gone and all these like other things. It's like, yeah. And plus we know Morgan's okay because he's telling the story. Yeah. That part, thought, yes. That was the other I thing about could, it. Yeah. I thought this would have been the perfect opportunity to have a celebrity cameo and the zombie of uh, her husband be played by Nicolas Cage. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's hot praise. I'm just saying, guarding Tess. Oh, yes. I, I got you. <laughs> yeah, we, we, all, we all understand. A, that's such a reach. <laughs> <laughs> now, they, one thing I'll say is, and I 
I didn't think they would really go there with it, but they made a point of only showing Morgan like from the from the waist up. Yeah, so I was like, well, maybe they're gonna do like a like a Herschel thing, and he gets his leg blown off or something. Uh, but anyway, I, I didn't think too much about it. Um, so d- d- we cut over to June. She gets to the pharmacy. She's going through all the stuff now. Is it just me or if you're in a pharmacy and you see anything that looks like a prescription bottle, wouldn't you just grab it just in case? Like I'd be exactly. grabbing everything. Yeah, I'd grab it all. That yeah. was one thing I was I was noticing. I was like, wouldn't you just grab it all? Like just take well, everything. I mean, well, why would like, their, their, their whole their whole mantra is take some, leave other things, and no, yeah, no, but, good point. But, all right. Oh, that's all right. But I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about people prior to them. You go in there, like the guy went there for an inhaler. There was still one inhaler after all. How many years since the apocalypse started? I'm just saying. Somebody that came across that once or twice, it would have been cleaned out. Don't rule out empathy. It's there. People have it still. Do they? The, the inhaler was there, so yes. That proves my point. <laughs> That's it. Are you, oh, I thought you were talking are, about are real you, life. Oh, no, real life, no. I've, I've lost faith in humanity. Don't worry about yeah, that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But does that bother you? Or, does that really bother you? You just become a logic troll. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like her third time. It's like, well, I mean, obviously that wouldn't still be there after all those years of the episode. I don't know. I don't know why. It's just a lot of things bothered me in this episode. I mean, very, I, you're a very uh, sensitive only, man, Richard. The only, the only <laughs> thing I can go on is that the zombie apocalypse took place, you know, around 2010, not 2016. So I still think that I, there's still faith in the world I have. <laughs> there's still a shred of Oh, yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> I mean, but a lot of antibiotics, like, I don't know, I think they lose their, their effectiveness after, like, I don't know few years. So. Yeah. I mean, they'd be grabbing a lot of junk they wouldn't be able to use. Convoy. <laughs> no. Um, Technically, Convoy is the first rap single to go to number one. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. Wow. I do now. Yeah. You're, you're just thinking you're stepping into a larger world. I have. Anyway. Mind blown. Sugar Hill gang my ass. Uh, I, gotta, I, I gotta get to this cookout because I got something to say to people. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Uh-oh. Go ahead. Uh, um so Alicia comes across the tree uh that says the, the with the writing on it if you're if if you're still here if you're reading this you're still here, which kind of intrigues her and just kind of makes her think a little bit. Um and while she's doing that, she kind of lets her guard down and a walker sneaks up on her and Strand ends up killing it. Um and as they look through uh so we, we cut back to, to the farm. One of the walkers get – so Morgan sees that the there's a there's a group of walkers that are making a line for the fence, and they're going through. And he tries to get around and stop them before they're able to to fully you know collapse the fence. Of course, they collapse the fence. The fence hits the ground. Boom. You know, another uh, landmine goes off. The one thing I was thinking, though, is wouldn't you just let them walk and then set off all the mines and then just follow the path? And then you would That's what I get to thought the they were doing. Like, that was the only logic thing there. that really got me well, in this episode. I'm like, wouldn't you just let them do it? Did, <laughs> like, did, I, think, I, did I miss the part where she said she knew how many were out there? No, she said she didn't know. Oh, um, okay. That's all right. That's why I thought. That's the part that kind of bothered me. I'm like, this guy just had like unlimited landmines sitting <laughs> around his garage. I mean. There was you, some, why do you have landmines? I would Texas. say there was, there was some wobbly oh, okay. logic there, I agree, as far as, like, 
letting the walkers just do their job. But at the same time, what if one, you know, slips by and gets inside and is like, well, she's dead and we can't get to her because there's landmines everywhere. Yeah, but I think that's where you got John. There yeah, was, that's what I know, thought that was. Six, I suppose, yeah, that's why it's wobbly logic. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but anyway, I mean, it, in the end, we get there. So it's a good it, set piece. So. Yeah, right. it's, it, yeah. it's not that big of a deal. I thought there was some cool, like, what, the one walker steps and blows up, and then a piece lands on, a, uh, like, something next to him, and then that blows off. It was like, there was That's a cool, like, double, yeah. <laughs> double explosion thing going on that I thought was really cool. Um, and I like the nice touches about, like, you know, walker blood and guts everywhere. Like, if, even when they, they cut away at one point, and you're, you get a long shot of the house, and, like, the roof is, like, coated in this red mist. <laughs> On the top, which is kind uh, of a cool. Top. My my favorite is when Morgan, like you know, spoilers. Sorry, sorry, Jerry survives this whole ordeal, and he's like his jacket's covered in guts, but he has to like say like nice words to Tess before they like leave. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. got these splotches all over him. Yeah. Um. So of course that doesn't go well. Um. Morgan, Morgan, uh, you know, eventually they're they're getting closer to the house. So Morgan goes to run up on him, and uh, he accidentally steps on a mine. And June or uh, Al's able to tell him like, "Don't, don't move." You know, like, "Don't, don't, don't move." Um, and just at that moment, June and Strand show up. They've got the inhaler. Um, Morgan tries to tell Tess like, you know, "Hey, I didn't want to tell you like this, but your husband didn't make it." And of course, she doesn't believe it at first. Mm-hmm. She, you know, again, denial, shock you know, what have you. Um, and Morgan's like, just come out of the house. Just, you know, they keep trying to get her to come out and she keeps saying she's, she, she doesn't want to leave the house. She doesn't want to leave the house. She hasn't left the house. So at one point she says she hasn't been out, out outside in two years. And then she said she hasn't left the house since the whole thing started. Well, I, I assume that when she says she hasn't left the house since the whole thing started, like she hasn't literally left like the property. Um, but she literally has not walked outside the front door in two years, which I thought was, again, crazy, but not unbelievable. Like, but just crazy that, you know, this is what it's come to is people, you know, you get in that comfort zone. It's like, I know, you know, she even says, like, we have plenty of food. We have plenty of supplies. We've got a septic system. Mm-hmm. Like, you get in that comfort zone. It's like, why would you leave? I know I'm safe if I stay right here. Like, yeah, nothing's right. going to happen to me if I just, if I stay. Like, we've been here, you know, at this point. I don't know how many years exactly, you know, with time jumps and things like that. I, I'm assuming we're probably what, like six years, seven years, Some, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of crazy to, to think that somebody's literally just like not went out, not gone outside their, you know, front fence for for seven with, whole years. I mean, no, think of our the, think of our favorite character from season three, disturbed cabin guy that Rick and the gang come across on the way to the governor's house that gets mm-hmm. promptly ripped apart. No indoor plumbing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the side window is really bad. That's all you have to say about that. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so they they finally, but I thought it was, and then it was a cool moment where like John, you know, goes up there and Lucy goes up there and and they talk about turning the camera off and you know they all agree that no, they need to, you know, this is what they need to show. They need to show people. We're, this is how we're we're helping everyone. Like this is an important part of what our story is. Um, but it was also kind of cool that they were all just right there with him. Like it's like, nope, we're in this together. We're going to find a way to get you out of here. Um, which didn't involve <clears throat> a uh, bulletproof vest and a toilet. So they weren't going to go that route. <laughs> I kept thinking, like, are they going to try? I and, thought like, of that. 
I actually thought that same thing. I, he had that one zombie that was laying right there. I thought they're going to try to do something like a whole lethal weapon two and jump over the zombie like he's a bathtub. That's exactly yeah. what I thought. Yeah, I, I thought like, are they just going to try and roll that dude that, that dead zombie over as a as a buffer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, uh, just Raiders of the Lost Ark. It just you know, yeah, just, just, yeah. just, just fast hands. <laughs> yes, yes. So yeah, so that that's it. So then we find out also more about Al because. Um, Al said she, you know, Morgan says like, asked her if she knew something about, about this. And Al said, yeah, when she was an embedded reporter and, you know, so she knows a little bit about, about mines, you know, with the, with the, I think she said she was a embedded reporter with a bomb unit or or IEDs or something like that. She, so again, we find out that she is again, more about her being a legit war correspondent. Like this is what she, she was. Or she just like watched her locker once or something. <laughs> Could yeah, so that explains why she's able to like operate that you know military van and all that other equipment. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's funny. She's she she tells Morgan like here you know dig around it. You know, so Morgan digs around it, and you can see the switch and the whole nine yards. And she's like, okay, undo this. You know, un- here t- take this and undo undo the the screw, and you should be able to to release the the detonator. And so. Then Morgan goes to undo the screw, and she's like, well, "No, no, 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 wait, no, no, no. That one's closer to the to the fuse. You'll you could detonate it." And then, so she's like, "No, no, no. It's that one over over there, the other one." And so Morgan goes to do it, and then Tess goes over the radio. She's like, "Wait, no." Oh, Morgan. Morgan asks her. He's like, "Are you sure? Like, what do you? What? Do you, how? How confident are you that that you're telling me to do the right thing?" And she's like, his immediate reaction where he's like yeah. 50, like he's like he's saying he's saying it back and realizes <laughs> what he's saying as uh-huh. it happens. It's so perfect. It's such yes. a well, there's like, two screws. It's fifty fifty. Yeah. I would say this scene, I was so into this. I like everything I was, about this, I love yes. the tension here. Every like and especially because it's this show, I would so be like would not I be both surprised that it happened, but also not surprised that it happened as far as killing, like just killing off Morgan all of a sudden, just from from how it's staged, and they even like pull it off eventually as far as what I kind of sort of expected, where it seems like everything's fine, a character starts talking and then it blows up, like they still do that, yes. it doesn't kill anybody, good, but at the same, it's just like you that sense of like shock from a mine is so like perfectly used in this episode. I was very yeah. Happy. So at this point, Tess comes out to help, and she's like, "No, no, no, no! Don't, don't do that! Don't do that! You know, I've I've seen my husband do this a, a thousand times. He uses this, and she hands him like a, a pin, like a, almost like a grenade pin. And then Al's like, "Yeah, just just let just push that in until the hole's lined up, and shove it all the way in, and then you can step off." And uh, and so uh, she she does that. He puts the pin in. He lets his foot off. The thing doesn't explode. They all walk away. Al goes, so, so how you feeling? And he's right about to answer. And then boom, the thing goes off in that Walker. Clip. Such a Looney Tunes moment. And, I love it. Was so I was perfect. waiting for it. Yeah. It was just so perfect because he was right about to respond. And this mm-hmm. thing just goes off. Um, I, I just, I, I don't know. I just, the, like, like you said, Aaron, that, that whole sequence to me just worked on, on many, many levels. Um, so then we cut back to more of the interview kind of stuff going on. Um, and, and Tess interviews and says, you know, you know, my husband thought we should stay put, you know, we should stay here, we'd be safe, and that eventually help would come. And, you know, it's kind of, this is kind of the touchy-feely moment. It's like, you know, the pan over to the kid, and she puts his arm around the kid, and and, the, and he was right. Um, 
So that was cool. And then, you know, it turns out that what what Morgan had in mind for them to do later was this big barbecue. So they have this big barbecue and Grace has this recipe for pad thai that uh, she's able to cobble together with um with ketchup packets. And, oh, uh, hell no. <laughs> Jim, Jim's oh, losing his mind. Oh, this is where Jim is like, I believe oh, zombies. Yeah. I believe oh, disarming a disarming a, no. a, a, a landmine, but pad thai with ketchup. I'm out. No, no, <laughs> no. Wrong, wrong. What? I um, immediately thought of Jim when I saw that. I've scene. made I've made pad thai several different ways with several different ingredient groups. <laughs> And in none of those were ketchup packets appropriate. Even in a zombie apocalypse? Even after a zombie apocalypse. You I sure? thought this was the best scene of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so they they kind of give all their testimonials. And Alicia says she wants to find out who's painting the trees. You know, she wants to know who's who's doing this. Um, and then we get this touching moment with Morgan. Matters. Yeah. Uh, keep 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 hope alive. <clears throat> um, and Morgan kind of breaks down a little bit and says he realizes what he needed and he needed to be able to say goodbye to his wife and son, right. but he doesn't know how. Um, and, and that was, it was a really touching moment. And then we cut to Alicia and Alicia's like, I, I need help. Like she's again, the, the, you kind of started to get some pretty deep character moments with these people and the fact that they were, and you can kind of tell that you know when they cut to the Alicia interview stuff, she she felt very distant, very cold, very um, you know almost almost like in a trance, like she's just kind of like running on autopilot kind of thing. Yeah, she, it's it's like Sasha in that one season of Walking Dead, where like this is, just keeps going. Like it, there's a bit of like I'm kind of lost, I'm kind of affected by something, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, yeah. a little bit more confident, obviously, because she's you know alive and not hanging out in dead graves, but still. Yeah, I think you know there's definitely some PTSD going yeah, on for here. sure. Um, uh, so yeah, so that's that's kind of how things are going. And she she even makes a, a point of saying she hasn't killed anybody since the plane crash. You know, she's and again we saw that earlier. I I, I had it in my notes and forgot to mention it. Um, there's a bit where they show him on camera and Strand goes up to a bunch of zombies and he has the 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 muzzle of the weapon that's with the sharp point on it. Mm-hmm. And he's killing zombies with Alicia's weapon because she's kind of got, you know, she's trying, I guess she's trying to get Zen now. And she's got the, you know, she's got that was the husband, stick. right? When he killed the husband walker. Well, there's another scene where there was like three or four of them that walked up and he, he was, oh. he kind of went at them all. Um, too. I had just noticed in that one scene that he had her weapon. I didn't catch. Another. I didn't pay too much. Never mind to it until the scene where he, where he, um, yeah, came out and, Stop the one that was getting after Alicia. So I was like, "Oh, he has the thing." Yeah. yeah. Um. So anyway, the, the whole thing is kind of made like it kind of ends with a lot of quick cuts, and it's like this thing feels like it. At this point, it's like this is like a PSA. You know, it's like it's like this public service announcement. It's like, "Hey, we're here. We're doing all this good stuff. You know, come. You know, turn turn on the radio. Put it on channel four. Like, ask it. Tell us where. You know, just the, this whole. You know, like like quick intercut feel good kind of thing." Um, and then it slowly pans out. <laughs> Strand, um, stranded Dory in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then it pans out, and we see it's like an you know an actual TV screen, uh, and there's a guy that's sitting there watching it all, and uh, the video ends, and then he he's kind of looking around, he he's looking through stuff, he takes you know t- takes some stuff, he finds. 
I guess the behind the door where it was locked it was with the generator. Like there's a generator obviously running to power the stuff. And he took the gas. Um, and so he's filling up his little motorcycle with the sidecar. And just as he fi- he fills it up, up comes two cars. And in it is Logan and his crew. And they think that this guy, this, this stranger is with Morgan and his crew. Um, and he's like, no, I don't, I, I don't know these people. I don't know who they are. And, uh, so Logan takes his gas back and, um, they, they want to make sure that this guy can't follow them or, or, or get away. So they shoot out, they shoot out one of the tires and he's like, oh, come on. Like you, you took the gas. You really need to shoot the tires. And then of course they open up, like there's like five of them there and they all have <clears throat> these these machine guns and they open up and just riddle this motorcycle with bullets which i thought was ridiculous but yeah trying to make a point yeah it's, um, it's intimidation that's yeah. it no is, i get course. that i'm just saying it yeah uh, well i mean so, they're dicks like no doubt yeah, yeah. <laughs> i get that <laughs> so logan tells him he's like here and he throws on the radio and he's like call him and tell him that they're you know basically making enemies out here uh when they when they show up you know, basically, you're not going to be started. And, and Logan makes a point of like throwing his boots, and he's obviously got a got a limp going on. And he's like, "Yeah, this is what happens to boots after you walk for 200 miles." Like he's so obviously when he was stranded wherever they were were that they left him, he uh, he had to hoof it quite a quite a way. So obviously, some some time has passed. Um, yeah, he got new boots. So yeah, <laughs> probably stole them. New boots, old limp. Yeah, but I thought uh, boots were made for walking. That's just what they do. But one of those days, those boots are going to walk over years. So his feet uh, got pretty gnashed up. Yeah. <laughs> not, not one pay, not one pay less than a two hundred mile walk. Yeah, a lot of Rosses yeah. though. Yeah. So that's the episode. Woo-hoo-hoo. Channel four convoy. Got through it. You got a convoy. Pretty big one. We got public access television. Got that yes. Okay. Right. Well, before. Hey Russ, why don't we get into our before we get into our ratings? Why don't we talk about our sponsor? Yeah, let's talk about our sponsor. It's the twelfth of the month as we record this. uh, Since we've had a couple weeks off, it is August, uh, middle of the month. The August solicitations are up, Uh, so definitely go over to dcbservice.com. Check out the August solicitations. Uh, You've definitely have a few more weeks to get your uh, order in for August before the September solicits come out. Um, And as we mentioned before, we've. You've got about uh, seven weeks now before uh, the the new the the main show comes back on. Um, a lot of speculation based on some episode uh, episode names of episodes in season ten as to how that that you know how, where that story might go. Uh, might be a good time to get caught up on what is the end of The Walking Dead. I, I saw that Robert Kirkman. Um, he put up, I guess it was a tweet or Instagram post or something that had like a shelf that fit all 16 volumes of the hardcover on it. And he's like, yeah, this is why I, I, uh, I stopped The Walking Dead. I ran out of shelf space. Um, so, so that hardcover is the, la- that's the last of The Walking Dead then? I believe so, yeah. Okay, good, because yeah. I was worried I was going to have to like wait another one. <laughs> I'd be like sitting here reading like the second to last hardcover, like wait another six months before I finish the stamp story. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so definitely head over to dcbservice.com um, and you can check out your orders there or in stock trades and get caught up on The Walking Dead um, if you so choose. Not only know The Walking Dead, though, I mean, I, I am so happy to say that uh, back to school time is coming. Like my kids will be back in school next week. Okay. And if back to school time is coming, you know what that means. 
the holidays free are coming. Time. Well, yeah, I get free. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it also means as the holidays are coming, you might want to start get your gifts early while you still get good prices at DCBService.com. I mean, if 30, 40, 50% off uh, sometimes on stuff. If you have like uh, geeky or nerdy uh, people in your family, like I do, you'll find, you're bound to find something. Uh, oh my goodness. We were just talking about pogs before the show. Wow. They, have a, they have Harry Potter pogs here I'm looking at on DCB <laughs> service. <laughs> oh, oh, why? Wow. Oh, my God. Why would you bring that back? I thought you were going to say Harry Pogs, and I was like, what does that mean? I'm so fascinated. <laughs> Harry Pogger. You're a slammer, Harry. I, I was watching, uh, shout out to Ed Pisker and Jim Rugg, but I was watching their oh, cartoonist man. kayfabe YouTube channel, and they're going through Hero Magazine from 93, yeah. and it had a, a full-page advertisement for Spogs. The Spawn Pogs. The Spawn Pogs. So that's what made me think okay. of them, actually. Seeing that episode of Cartoon Escape Paper they were talking about. I assume they're into anyway, so you can take them to hell and back. Of course. <laughs> they're, they're, never mind. They're definitely indestructible, though. Uh, DCBService.com is a great place to shop for all your kind of stuff. Like Russ was saying, if you want to get the whole run of The Walking Dead, um, you know, beginning to end, get caught up on the uh, the comic book side of things before the show starts, it'd be easy enough to do with the big old compendium editions. Uh, those are the ones I have. They almost look like phone books. They're great. Uh, I know uh, Aaron goes with the hardcovers, right? Yep. Um, I buy them on digital as well to keep up with the more current issues. Um, you can do all that at DCBService.com and, get, and do it at a great price. Uh, and again, if you want to start get, get your Christmas shopping done early, it's a great place to do that, too, and uh, again, 20, 30, 40, 50% off, and you're not uh, dealing with a faceless corporation like Amazon or a regular, you know, brick-and-mortar, small-business-type business, and they want your business, so go on over there. Help them out. And I don't know why you wouldn't have at least one copy of Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons' Watchmen, but exactly. if you don't have, oh, copy, or if your copy has just been worn out because you've read it so many times and want a fresh copy, um, you might... Head over there and pick up a, a copy of Watchmen and give that a good read. If you'd like to hear most of us, if not all of us, on this podcast uh, talk about the Watchmen show when it comes to HBO, since uh, most of us kind of got our start, uh, our podcasting life, talking about uh, the the main comic uh, series Watchmen and then the the movie that's that uh, came out subsequent. And, uh, we uh, thought we'd uh, we'd bring it back and, Ru- and Ru- Russ. Russ, being an amateur comic scholar such as myself, yes. uh, will bring will definitely bring the background information uh, from the show. I'm excited, you know. But yeah, Watchmen would be a great pick to get a DCB service as well. Cool. Get, on, well get on over there. Yeah, we thank them for their support. So, our Toby ratings for Channel 4. Daryl, since you came late, why don't you go first? All right. Um... Uh... I would give it uh, a four out of five. I love this episode. I mean, watching uh, Morgan do his thing, it just all worked for me, man. It was just a a feel-good episode. You know, like, it it could come off so silly when you really think about, oh, they're going to try to help people in this apocalypse after we've seen so many times when when people are evil and, and they try to do such terrible things but it no it really they sell it like lenny james is just amazing anyway um 
He does the best southern accent of a British guy he does. I've ever heard. He totally does. And he is the master at pausing at just the right time. Where, yeah. Like every time, like when he was thinking about his wife and son, he just stops. And it's it's like it's so natural that it, you, you really start to, to it's such a pregnant pause that you start to think about it. It gives you time as the viewer to remember, you know, wh- how what a terrible, you know, a terrible thing happened and, and what it really did to him. Um, so, yeah, it just really all of it just really, really worked for me. Like I, I really enjoyed this, this show so much. And if you want to, if you want to get a taste of like full British Lenny James, go back and watch the Guy Ritchie film Snatch. Oh yeah, which you should you should watch that anyway, regardless of, of of Lenny James. But if you want like full British to get a nice good comparison, um, go go check that movie. Very true. But yeah, I love it. I love this show, man. Jim, what'd you think? Uh, for people who watch it week to week, I give it a three point five. I like the Morgan stuff. Uh, I liked a lot of the confessionals and stuff in the the stories. That was pretty cool. Um, for someone who's never seen the show before, I give it a four because this would be a great way to get caught up on a lot of this stuff. Uh, I'm interested to see where they go with Matt Furrier's character. That should be interesting. The show down in the offing, and uh, I don't know. Things are going really good. You know what happens on the show when that happens. So. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. <laughs> so three and three point five for people who watch every week and four for people who don't. Rich? Yeah. Um well I wasn't very keen on this episode and uh, I mean there were parts of it that were okay. I really did enjoy the Morgan in the minefield scene. I thought that was pretty well done. <clears throat> but and and through our discussing it, I think you guys have brought me up a Toby and a half, probably. So I would say two and a half Tobys. Wow. Wow. Didn't really All like right. it that much. Wow. Bring us up, wow. Aaron. I mean, oh, wow. I, I expect certain <laughs> things from the listeners at this point when it comes to the Tobys for this show. But I mean, I'm surprised at the disparity between us on this episode because I was like, this episode is great. Like we've come back, I feel refreshed. Yeah. It's giving me something different. I'm having fun. It has tension. Like this has everything. I'm at a four and a half. Toby's out of five here. This is a, this is a highlight of this series for me, as far as like just giving me a lot of good stuff I can enjoy in this universe and giving me the characters that I've come to really enjoy on this show. I was all into it. So four and a half. Maybe I need to watch it again. I don't. I don't know. I was in a good mood. I don't know. Like, God, <laughs> it just felt good to me. I, yeah. I, so, I, let, I, let Aaron's positivity wash over you, Rich. Come on. Yeah. I also ah. give it a four and a half. I, I was really, I think I just echo, you know, all the, all the good stuff you guys said. I mean, the Lenny James stuff to me just really reached out. Um, I, I think that was that was a huge highlight, and the Dillahunt stuff, the the, yes. the yeah. Yeah. stuff was was good too. Just he's he's just really found a way to play this character that and again he's just one of those actors that doesn't always play the same guy in everything he's in like he he's he literally i mean every time he, he takes a role he's he's not playing just the same old 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 guy which i i appreciate so yeah give it a four four and a half so over at facebook.com slash groups slash wdtv podcast what did the listeners say well 
We got uh, we had some uh, some people chime in with their their Tobies this week, including Johnny Stower. Uh, one, what the hell is going on out of five? Wow, go ahead, Daryl, say it. Wow, wow. We're trying to figure out who could do the worst Owen Wilson. <laughs> oh, I do a great Owen Wilson. Wow. So See that? Then wow. you're not. Then you're I, not in the running. It's between. Yeah, you can't do it. All right, yeah, I didn't really do it. Bad. Yeah. I didn't do mine. It's all right. Yeah. Wow. See that wow. sounds. You can tell us wow. who it is. But Daryl, you can't. Then. No. Wow. Wow. <laughs> anyway, glad, this, glad that was a three-week break, because let's be honest, that sucked. Wow, Johnny. Damn. Uh, I'm confused. I thought this was a flash-forward episode, like between season five and six, because now they have hella gas. So Logan guy in this group is taken care of, and there is a boatload of new background characters. Uh, nope, they drop Logan off 200 miles away, and still everyone is on a righteous better themselves arc that makes no sense. Speaking of no sense, let's not talk about the multiple close-ups of Morgan's foot on the landmine in totally different positions in every close-up shot. Uh, I hate these new writers, but I think I'm right about Madison making a surprise comeback. Uh, also, that new guy at the end uh, watching the video is going to be a new character because he has a name in the subtitles. His character name is Wes, I believe. What? I mean, he's there for, like, an extended period of time, so I'd be really weird if, it, if he wasn't a new cast member on the show. Right. Okay. right. Uh, Jim, drink some water. I'm keeping hydrated, Johnny. Thank you. Kempa. Kempai. Kempai. Um, Eric Jackson. Two and a half gas cans in abundance out of five. Reminding me of Mash's The Interview episode. Oh, yeah. Okay. Totally. Uh, I didn't completely dislike it, and I got a kick out of the landmines and some of the humor. But it felt really stretched to fill the hour. Uh, I was all on board with skipping over the join Logan finding the gas bit, and I'll probably get annoyed if they take us through it in flashbacks because it never sounded all that interesting. Uh, overall, if you took out the landmines part, they could have condensed everything else and made it either the very beginning of a premiere or the end of a finale, and it may have worked better. Here's hoping that now uh, that they all got their helping people slash making up for past deeds stick on tape, they can stop talking about it on a regular basis. Uh, thanks, Eric. Wow. Okay, everybody. Lean in. Yukiyoshi Sawada. Five. Now we turn to Apocalypse. Past, present, future. Althea edition. This week, Goraphobic Minefield. Out five. Okay, I'm thinking it's five out of five? Okay. I think I, de- de- I, think I parsed that right. Uh, one. During the, me- during the nesting on how to show people we want to help Al mentioned she has a camera about three or ten times, at which point we agreed to just do the documentary thing. Uh, it went till three in the morning. I woke up realizing she tricked her way into not doing any real work. Okay. Uh, two, don't feel bad for Logan. Dude deserves what he gets. Uh, three, Morgan. I really think Akito is good for Alicia, and she's starting out to be one of my best students. Al, and how are your other students? Morgan, Um. well, you know... Oh, what? what's that? Sorry, I think John's calling me. Uh, four. I like this whole caravan thing. I'm disappointed that we left the factory, though. Five. Hey, lady, I get strangers come up to your home saying they want to help. It's the apocalypse. You keep saying come outside. Like I said, I get it. <laughs> Six. I know Ben was dead as soon as Taft said he left to get medicine. Also, Victor killed that ninja walker. 
since Alicia apparently couldn't hear it. Seven, this yard is full of landmines, and it's kind of dumb. I mean, yeah, a walker will eventually get in, it will explode, and the noise will bring more. Rinse and repeat, kind of dumb. Eight, so back to Connors County for Morgan, eh? If anyone can walk there, he can. Nine, this is going to sound crazy, but I think it's Madison riding on the trees. Or not, maybe Troy, or someone we don't know. Ten, John's goal is so op- optimistic and simple as should be. Eleven, June has the best goal of them all. Twelve, Dwight and Charlie have a lot to make up for. I support them. Everyone's not worth mentioning. So, I think you wrote 14, but I'm 13. Uh, I thought that Wes was Heath for a few seconds before he talked. Remember Heath? With Rick now, I guess. In, the, in helicopter heaven, that's right. Uh, anyway, it looks like Sarah was right. Logan is a turd. Wendell not in this episode. Bonus, the box is now bearing a new message. Take what you need, leave what you don't, help how you can. Kempai. And then... Kempai. And finally, Sean Tennyson. 4.5, where the hell was Wendell out of 5? Uh, really enjoyed the different take on this episode. Refreshing and unique, actually. Wouldn't want every episode like this, but enjoyed the change of pace. and thought it was brilliant to put the handheld cameras to good use. Really showed some creativity and love the landmine scenario. But did I miss something? Please educate me. Where the F was Wendell? And if you, too, would like to join in, chime in with your opinions on the episodes of Fear of the Walking Dead as they come, and the um, parent show, which returns uh, shortly, I guess seven weeks, uh, you can give us your Buster ratings there, or Toby ratings for Fear of the Walking Dead. It's uh, facebook.com slash group slash podcast, uh, the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group. Join us. We'd love to have you. Excellent. So... Where can everyone find all of us? Daryl, where can folks find you? Uh, on the Twitters. You can find me at the voice one, two, three. Uh, you can, uh, my website is tailored network of podcast. And of course you can hear me and Jim on nothing's on and some of, uh, DC all stars and probably uh, Marvel mix, <laughs> um, uh, which will be coming up soon as well. Uh, you can also hear me and, and Russ on uh, Gotham by Geeks, and uh, we also recently did a uh, Agents of Shield episode that'll be coming out pretty soon for Marvel Mix. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's all there. Aaron, where can people find your stuff and read your stylings? I am all over the place. You can read my stylings at WeLiveEntertainment.com. That's where I put all my movie reviews as well as my TV stuff when I do it. This uh, week, I'm well this. The next few weeks, I'll be covering the final season of Preacher. Um, so that's you can find out there. I also host a podcast with my friend Abe. It's called Out Now with Aaron and Abe. We talk about the weekly movie releases. We just did one for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh, we had, a, I think, a really great episode covering Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a few weeks back to get some uh, mixed opinions on there uh, for a movie that's worth discussing. Uh, and we do commentary tracks every month as well. We're going to record one for The Iron Giant this week, which celebrates its 20th anniversary. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, for sure. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. How do you feel? That, how do you feel if the Lion King made more money than Frozen? What? Nothing. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I I predicted this to begin with. So it's oh, like, did no, you? Okay. It, it was going to make all the money. Dude. All the money, regardless of quality. Rich. Uh, yeah. 
pretty much all the socials at Chubtoad01. Um, soon to be on our Who's Watching the Watchmen podcast or whatever we're calling it. Um, and uh, occasionally on the DC All-Stars podcast on the Taylor Network. Oh, yeah. Jim? Well, either, I was thinking of either calling it Who Watches Watchmen? Since there's no, like, The Watchmen or anything on the show. Who Watches Watchmen? Or maybe Live from the Gunga Diner? I don't know. We're still workshopping it. That's going to pick it up from the old Watchmen feed? Oh, yeah, there you go. Great idea. Okay. Saves time. <laughs> yeah, there is. There is. Um, you can catch me on the, the socials at Yoda Jones. Uh, you can listen to me on Nothing's On. The latest episode just went up today uh, with Daryl and Donnie and myself, where I uh, compare the Kardashians to insects. Uh, wow. 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 And we, we have a contest to see who can do the worst Owen Wilson, for example. Wow. You don't want to miss wow. that. See? Oh, you're in the running. It's in the running now. It's really, <laughs> really terrible. See, that's to be really bad. Wow. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Go for and, it. And, uh, you know, as you said, also on DC TV and, uh, or DC All Stars and Marvel Mix and, uh, also, uh, Old Magic Gaming on, uh, iTunes and SoundCloud. You can listen to our live D&D games. We had a bunch of, we had to take a week off because of Gen Con. A lot of our players were at Gen Con. Uh, over the weekend, but uh, we're going to be posting again this coming week, this Friday, new episode. So, keep your ears out. That's all for me. Cool, yeah. And you can stay tuned to HHWLED for me, uh, and like Daryl mentioned, the Gotham by Geeks podcast that we do weekly. When there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, we have a great big convoy. Convoy! Thank you. Um, <laughs> That was nice. So loud. So loud.